Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. And so, uh, two weeks ago, I told y'all that, uh, I told you the story about my son, that, that we were going to a branding, and I was all pumped about it, but I had forgot to inform my 15-year-old son that he was going to the branding with me. So, uh, I went and woke him up that morning, and typical 15-year-old boy, he's like, oh, oh what? Oh, do I have to? Yeah, you have to. So anyway, we uh, got up, and, and he, he kind of looked like a zombie. And I get a text while I'm saddling my horse. He's like, you know, do I have to go? Because I had a lot of things planned for today. So I was like, like what? He's like, well, I was going to paint my room today. And I was like, oh, well, you can paint your room. He goes, really? I said, yeah, after we get done with the branding. And so, you know, he wasn't the happiest camper when he got in the truck and whenever we left. Uh, uh, he didn't really say a whole lot, and he was st- yeah, he, 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 that boy saved, but he ain't really a Christian until around lunch. And um, so we, we, uh, we get to the branding, and on the very first calf, that this calf comes out, and, and anyway, I, I'm not going to go into the whole long story because we don't have time for it. But this calf, he ends up pulling out of, of Griffin's uh, hand. And ends up kicking him about four times just right in the chest. One or didn't kick him right in the face. Just whack, whack, whack. And it gets up and everything. And boy, if looks could kill. <laughs> I'm standing there watching all this happen. He's like mad. And we have to rope the calf again, which really broke our hearts. And so uh, anyway. But afterwards, when they got done with that last calf, a transformation had taken place. Because instead of the zombie flesh-eating kid that I had woke up that wanted to bite me, um, this kid was, was into it now. Man, they had the rope and the tail, and they were flanking. And, you know, when they got done with the last calf, him and another 16-year-old boy were flanking, and they were the only ones flanking. They got up, man, and you could tell they were tired. They got up, and they, they gave each other a high five. And I was like, yeah, that, that, that's what I like, right? And so we got in the truck to head back to town, and he, Griffin looked over at me. And he said, Dad, i got to be honest about something. I was like, okay. He said, something happened out there today, and when he got done telling me what it was, I was real proud of him. Because what he told me is that, you know, the, the, the first calf got up, and anyway, we had to re-rope it and everything. Well, there was another real big calf that, that we roped, and um, we hadn't healed it. Well, once we got it on the ground, they took the head rope off, and they were just holding the front end, and then the horse was holding the back end. Well, something happened, and, and the, cat, the big old calf slipped a leg and uh, started kind of kicking around and ended up pitching Griffin on his face. And, and, it, and it happens. You know, he was trying to hold it down, and it pitched him on his face. Well, that kind of made him mad, and so the calf got up. Now it's running around in a circle, you know, with one hind leg roped, and, and so Griffin's going to get this calf. And he runs over there, and he grabs his calf, and calf don't do nothing but you know I, and so you can see him trying you can see him trying and he's falling down and everything and finally uh, and he gives it a heck of an effort but he never gets it done and so finally I don't know if it was me or Abe but one of us came whichever one didn't have the calf and I don't remember now because we were both standing there but we roped it and got it back down and I remember watching him and he was 
He's breathing hard. So when we were sitting in the truck, he said, I've got to be honest about something. He said, after that calf got up and I tried to flank it, I said, yeah. He said, I've never been that tired in my entire life. He said, I did everything I could to get that calf on the ground, and I, I just couldn't. And he said, when y'all finally roped it, you didn't miss 14 times like you normally do. You roped it right away, and we had to go right back to it. And he said, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it. He said, I thought I was going to throw up. He said, I couldn't catch my breath. And he said, and the thing about it was my knees were just shaking. Not because I was scared or anything, because I was that tired and that hot and that worn out. And I knew the feeling. You, 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 you go to too many Brandons and, and where you're flanking and, and you're going to feel that feeling. And he said, you know, Dad, I wanted to quit. I wanted to just say, you know what, I'm done. He said, but I knew that you wouldn't let me and I didn't want you to be disappointed in me. I looked at him and I said, kid, you'll never disappoint me. Not any, you, you can't disappoint me because there's nothing you can do that can take my love away. I may not like, like some of the choices you make or some of the things that you say, but never think that I'm going to be disappointed in you because it has, no, it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with my love for you. So don't ever worry about that. And he said, well, how come it's so hard? Because, I, you know, he said, I've been to a bunch of Brandons, and I, I see you and Ty and Dale and, you know, even Lane and Leland and, and Robert and all these other guys. Y'all just get out there like it's no big deal. And I said, well, Griffin, there's a technique to it. Because once you get the technique down, you don't have to work near as hard. And he said, well, what was I doing wrong? And I said, well, you know, it just takes practice doing the rope and the tail because what happens is they go in there and they rope two hind feet and then they come out. And one person grabs the rope, one person grabs the tail, and you pull in opposite directions and it turns the calf over and the calf just lays right down and you get on it and hold it down, right? So it's no big deal. But once you get on the ground, the guy on the back puts one, pushes one of the calf's back legs forward and then he holds the other one back like this so that the brand can be placed on it and so that they can do the cutting and anything that they're going to do, right? Well, if it's taken a long time, I mean, you have to have a pretty good grip on these calves or they'll pull out, and that's what happened on the, on the first one. And I said, Griffin, when you're holding that back leg, what happens is the, the harder you hold and the longer it takes, your hands get tired and you think you're squeezing hard, but you're not. And I said, so you got to, number one, you got to build up those muscles. But number two, you know, if your hands start getting tired, you know, readjust your grip. Because what happens is your hands end up sliding down. And, and if they slide down too much, you're trying to hold them like this, which is a lot harder than holding them out like this. Because then you can just lean back and use your body weight. So you gotta, you got to get a new grip. He goes, oh, okay. You know, I, I, I get that. And I said, but when you're on the front... Now, to me, the, the front's a, a lot harder. You, you get on the front, and, and, and you grab that top leg, their left leg, and you kind of bend it, and you kind of pull it up so that you're kind of immobilizing them. you got a knee on their, on their uh, neck and a knee kind of on their ribs, and you're not hurting them at all. And the, the thing about new people when they're learning to flank is you know, that they either put way too much pressure on the knees and not enough pressure on the leg, or they're just pulling the leg up and they don't have any pressure on the calf. There's kind of a balance point in there where you have to have strong knees without 
cutting the calf's uh, wind off or anything like that. There, you, you just learn. You got to have strong knees and strong arms. And he said, okay, I got that. And then he said, what else? And I said, look, always remember that whenever you're on a Brandon crew, your job is the most important job. It doesn't matter if you're on the back end. It doesn't matter if you're roping. It doesn't matter if you're on the front end, if you're giving shots, if you're putting a brand on, if you're putting a mark on. Whatever the case may be, your job is the most important part because without your job, it's not done. So do your part. Don't, don't look over here to the left about what this guy's doing and don't look over to the right at what this guy's doing. You just do what you are supposed to do. Don't worry about anybody else. Now, there may be a time when you have to lend a hand and that's okay. But for the most part, you do your job, you do what you're supposed to do, and you do it well. Because when you, your job is hard enough, and when you start worrying about everybody else's, what everybody else has got going on, it's like, you know, squirrel, and, and you forget what you're doing, and then you get yelled at, and then your, you know, your butt gets hurt, and, you know, it just, things go bad. So he said, okay. And I said, you know, I, I know that that's hard while it's going on, but if you have some proper technique, it's easier on you. But it's harder to learn, but makes it easier in the long run, he said. All right, I get that. Well, you know what? That applies to us spiritually too. Because in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, the Bible says, No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. That's what the Bible says right here. No discipline is enjoyable what it, why, when it is happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Now, what we're talking about is we're talking about living holy lives. The only way to live a holy life is to follow God, and when you start following God, He is going to train you how to do it, and He's going to do it through discipline. He's going to do it through discipline. And I'm telling you right now, if you came here today so that I would tell you how much money God wants to give you and how much he's going to give you a new job and a new truck and a new pony and a new horse and that, you know, everything's going to be great, well, welcome to authentic Christianity. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. When you start following God, he's going to get on you. He's going to say, hey, man, you know, I, I know that this is a little bit rough on you, but it's going to make you better. It's hard right now, but once you learn the proper technique, what will happen? It will, but afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. You're in training. Because I know that sometimes, I, I know that if you're here, more than likely, you want to have a relationship with God and you want to follow him. And, and some of you ain't sure exactly what that looks like. Well, I'm going to tell you what that looks like. And, and really what it looks like on a day-to-day -day basis is God's going to ask you to do something and you're not going to want to do it. That, that, that's what it looks like. And, and you'll be like Griffin. You'll be like, well, I was going to paint my room today. And God's going to be like, well, you can paint your room after you do what I tell you to do. Spend some time with me in prayer. Go visit somebody. Give to somebody else. Give a part of you away. Spend some time with me, whatever the case may be. I can assure you that it's not going to come natural to you, but he still wants you to do it. You are in training. It's discipline, okay? But with the proper technique, 
it becomes easier. Okay? What is the proper technique? Well, actually, we've already talked about it. The first technique that you need to know is you've got to take a new grip with your tired hands. Because, you know, we start holding on to, to, to that cast legs, and the longer we hold on, we start slipping back and back and back and back, and before you know it, we're making things real hard on ourselves, and we're not really doing our jobs anymore. And, and I know I've gone through it, so I'm pretty sure you've gone through it too, that, that you've made a decision to follow Christ, and that you're going to do this, and you're going to do that, and by gosh, you're going you're gonna to get up in the morning, you're going to read your devotions, or you're going to pray, and, 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 and you're going to you're going to follow God and you're going to start going to church and you're going to start reading the Bible and you made all of these big plans and man, you was good for like a day and then you went right back to what you've always been doing. You went right back to what you've always been doing. I know you've done that because I've done it. Because everybody has done it. But you know what? God's discipline says you've got to take a new grip with your tired hands. He's not going to ask you to do anything different. He's still going to tell you, hey, man, you've got to hold that back leg. But what you've got to do is you've got to take a new grip. Well, how do we do that? What do we need to hold on to? We're not holding on to calves' legs. What we need to hold on to is God's truth. Doing things the way God says to do them. Because truth comes from God. It doesn't come from somebody else. You know, um, when you're in ministry long enough, and, and, and let me say this, I ain't talking about me. I'm talking about y'all. I'm not talking about Paul and Robert. I'm talking about y'all because, see, I got out of the ministry when I started training ministers. Every single one of us, the Great Commission applies to all of us. Go out into the world. Make disciples of all men and all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey what I have commanded, and I'll be with you always. That's for everybody. It ain't just for preachers. Preachers ain't the only ones that's supposed to go visit the sick. Preachers aren't the only ones that are supposed to pray for people. Preachers aren't the only ones that are supposed to read and study their Bible. Preachers aren't the only ones that, that help people out of addictions and at, at times of death. It is our jobs as Christians to do that. But when you're in the ministry long enough, what happens is you'll eventually hear it, and unfortunately, some of us have heard it come out of our mouths. It's when people say this. Something will be said about some scripture, and somebody says, well, I, you know, I don't really believe that. It don't matter what you believe. It matters what God says. If God says this, that's the way it needs to be. Now, you can choose to believe it or not, but that doesn't make your belief the truth. Truth is only found in God's Word. And today on social media and news and everything, well, the truth of the matter is, no, ain't nobody knows the truth unless it comes from God's mouth. That is the only source of truth. And we need to take a new grip on that, to quit believing everything we read and to quit listening to the way everybody else says to do things. We need to do things the way God says to do it because that will produce holiness. That's what you're called to do because God said, be holy because I am holy. Holiness is what you are looking for. That's, the, that's, that's God living in you. Holiness is doing things God's way, living the way that he said to do it. Not worried about, and when, when you hear that word holier than thou, I ain't talking about what everybody else is doing. Only what you are doing. We need the proper technique. We have to get a new grip. And the new grip that we need to do is we need to take hold hard of God's truth and lean back and rest on that. 
instead of trying to hold the world's truths up like this and then we get kicked in the face and in the chest and, and everything just goes to pot. The proper technique when, Jesus, when, when God says, but afterwards there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way, you want to live for God, you've got to have proper technique. And without holding on to God's truth, everything else is just going to be real rough on you. The second technique is to strengthen your weak knees. You know, uh, weak in the knees is an indication of fear, right? Go weak in the knees. But it's also an indication of being tired, of being so tired that, that you can't stand up. And, and you know what? The, the, the things that, that, that scare us and make us more tired than anything is just fear itself. You know, I, whenever I say do things God's way, you know, the, the religion that's kind of been burned into us says all of this stuff, you know, all the thou shalt nots and blah, blah, blah. And I don't mean that in a blasphemous way, but, you know, uh, man, listen. From the, New from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the, the Bible's most often repeated command, the most often repeated command is do not be afraid or do not fear or, you know, However, it says it in a number of different ways, but that's what it says, do not be afraid. People say, well, what does it mean to look like to follow God? Well, it means to do things the way he says to do them. Well, I mean, if we just did one thing in following God is to not be afraid, it would change your lives forever. Just doing one thing. Think about all the other things that God says, like love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that God commanded us to do, but the, most, the one that he repeated more often than not is strengthen your weak knees. In other words, don't be afraid. But yet we walk around in fear all the time. We're scared about this. We're scared about that, you know, and, and, and we, got, we got stress and anxiety. Man, we got pills for this kind of stress. We got pills for that kind of stress. We got counselors for this kind of stress, and we got... Doctors for this. And, and I ain't saying that there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm saying that really what you need is to believe in what God said. And he said you ain't got to be afraid. First, you've got to strengthen your hands. And then you've got to strengthen your weak knees. You know, fear, think about this. Fear takes more effort than faith. It's harder to be scared than it is just to say, hey, I can't do anything with this. I'm just going to leave it up to God, and I'm going to continue to do, you know, I'm just not going to worry about it, right? Well, I know that that's easier said than done, but, but stress takes a physical form and hurts our bodies. It's the number one killer of people. I mean, you, you know what stress is? Stress is a negative reaction to something that you cannot control. And if you can't control it, why are you worried about it? Well, because I think we've been programmed to worry about it. That's what the devil does. He sits in our ear and he, man, can you believe this is happening? This is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And you know what? Here, here's the thing. I can look back on my life at the hardest times of my life that I stressed out, that, you know, it's given me anxiety, it's given me depression, it's given me ulcers, it's given me gas. I mean, you know, the whole nine yards, right? And a lot of it didn't turn out how I wanted, but you know what it did? It turned out okay. Nothing ever turned out as bad as I thought it was going to. And every time I think God kind of says, you know, I, I mean, I don't really think God's an I told you so type guy, but, you know, we kind of say, well, God, don't tell me you told me so. Because he said, I've got it. I've got it. 
Being scared takes a lot more effort than just having faith and going, you know what, I'm not in control of this. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. I'm going to conduct myself the way God tells me to conduct myself. I'm going to strengthen my weak knees. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be worn out from all the worry that I've been doing, worrying what people think and worrying about what people say and worrying about whether I've got this or that or blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be afraid. You need proper technique to be in training for God. Take a new grip, holding on to His truth, strengthening your weak knees, whether it's from fear or just being tired, because I guarantee you what makes us more tired than anything is just running this rat race that we call life that God said we didn't have to. And the last thing of proper technique is to mark out a straight path. In other words, you don't worry about what everybody else is doing. You do what you're supposed to do. You do what you are supposed to do. If you're giving shots, give shots. If you're branding, you brand. If you're roping, you rope. You don't worry about what anybody else is doing. You worry what you're doing because what you are doing is the most important thing in the world. You following God is the most important thing that you will ever do. It's what God has called you to do because, see, God wants to use you to reach other people so that they will go to heaven instead of go to hell. Your job is the most important one in the world, and there's not a single one of you that that does not apply to. You do your job, but in order to do that, you've got to mark out a straight path. You've got to do it God's way. And, and, and I'm, and I'm going to warn you right now, man, that old devil is squirrely. He's going to send a rabbit right across in front of you. You're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start following God. Not in a religious way, in a relationship way, talking to him, praying to him, learning about him, spending time with other people, giving stuff, giving yourself away. Because God said, you know, anybody that gives the most will be the most in heaven. But you're going to be walking that straight path, marking out that straight path, and the devil's going to send a rabbit right in front of you. And you're going to go, cool, and you're going to start going that way. And then you're going to wonder why everything starts to fall apart. You're going to wonder why everything falls apart. Because, listen, listen, th th this is a deep theological statement, okay? It's deep. Let me see if I can say this. You can't do things your way and expect God's results, okay? Let me say that again. You cannot do things your way and expect the promises of God to come true in your life. If you want God's promises to come true, you got to do it His way. And I know that that sounds so simple, but most people, you know, they want to live their life the way they live their life, but they want the godly results in it. It doesn't happen like that. God's not punishing you. But, it, you know, he says, look, man, if you travel this trail right here, everything's going to be provided. I always think about that narrow trail like those bicycle races that you see where you're going along that narrow trail and they got the people holding out the water and you get it and you go by and I'd crash and burn. But anyway, and I'm not wearing spandex for y'all's benefit. And uh, anyway, you know, but, but if those bikes get off that trail and they go take their own trail, there's nobody waiting on them with water. The bike race people aren't punishing them. They just say, hey man, if you want water, you got to be right here. You got to go this way. And too often, people say, well, I want the benefits of God my own way. It's not going to happen, folks. 
you got to do things His way. And I'm not talking about in a religious way of rules to follow because you know what? What God leads me to do, He may not lead you to do. What He tells me to do, you can always spot religion when they say, you have to do it this way. No. you got to do it the way God tells you to do it. And you got to be honest with yourself. Because I heard a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, God wants me to do this. Oh, He does? Uh, that kind of goes against what he said. Why would God go against what he said? I had a guy tell me one time, he's like, you know what? Man, I've been praying about getting a new job because I'm having a real hard time making ends meet. And I was driving past a truck dealership and there was a brand new crew cab Ford Dooley sitting out there and they had it marked down to $68,000. And God told me, buy that and you can haul some hay and make more money. I was like, God told you to, to buy a $68,000 truck because you're in financial crisis? You know how much hay you're going to have to haul? <laughs> you better get a new grip and strengthen those weak knees, buddy. But he's like, no, I, God told me to do it. I was like, well, have at it. Glad it ain't me, right? <laughs> About three years later, that truck was repoed and he said, I think that was me talking and not God. And I was like, you think? And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with buying Save the Cowboy a $70,000 daily. Okay, that's not what... <laughs> Joking. Proper technique. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. A peaceful harvest. So that when you get done with this hard part in your life right here, man, you're, you're gonna, you started out as a flesh-eating zombie that wants to bite everybody, and by the time it's over, you're giving high fives with this deep sense of satisfaction. That is the only thing that's waiting on you when you are trained in this way. That's what God wants for you. You've got to take a new grip. Strengthen your weak knees and mark out a straight path. But you know what? I didn't say that. The very next verse did. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip. This is verse 12. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong, but will become strong. There's no other way to do it. If you want to go try it another way, try it another way. You may get a thousand miles from here, but you're going to run into a box canyon. And you're going to have to turn. You're either going to give up and just die right there, or you're going to have to come back to right here. Listen, learning from your mistakes is great. Learning from other people's mistakes is better. Learn from my mistakes Man, talk, talk to some of these other godly cowboys. Man, we, we've tried those canyons looking for a way out. There's not, man. There's just that narrow trail. If you don't take it, that's your prerogative. God ain't going to make you. But when you get off in the brush and get hung up in the wire, he marked out a safe spot for you. He's got blessings waiting all up and down that narrow trail. But you can't do it your way and get godly results. The only way to know what that way is is to have a relationship with him, is to talk to him. A relationship is talking, not reading a biography about him, but a communication. Talk to him. Give things to him. Don't be afraid. Lean on his truth. There are so many things that are waiting for you. After I told Griffin about the proper technique, he sat there for 
a long time, and then he asked, you know, Dad, why are people afraid of hard work? I sat there for a second. Really wasn't expecting that question to come from my 15-year-old son. Dad, why are people so afraid of hard work? He was talking about sweating, but I'd already gone to a spiritual side. Why are people afraid of hard work? And then I gave him my answer. And he kind of grinned, and he looked over at me, and he goes, really? I said, yeah. He said, I never thought of it like that. I never thought of it like that. But you know, you're right. And for me, that changes everything. Do you have any idea what I'm fixing to say? I will tell you next week if you come back. Let's go to God in prayer. God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for bringing uh, Paul and Robert up here and, 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 and their gifts. And, and God, we ask a blessing on tonight's uh, concert that, that we'll have fellowship and worship and, and togetherness, and it's all for you, God. But God, there, there's somebody here today that, man, they, they just kind of been waffling. They've been going back and forth, you know. They'll hold on for a second, but then they let go and they just start over. God, strengthen them right now. Let them understand that, yeah, it's going to be hard while you train them. But afterwards, that's the only way that they're going to have fulfillment in their lives. And it's not doing things their way. It's doing things your way. God, they can't follow you unless they give their lives to you. It's step number one. Don't let them go leave here today without having done that, maybe for the first time. And maybe it's time for a rededication. Maybe, maybe they followed for a while, but, but man, they just chased one of those rabbit trails and they just, get, they just got off track. And you know what, God? You are not mad at them, but you are calling them back to live that holy life. God, thank you for, for loving us enough that you'll train us and you'll even discipline us so that we can go be with you, so that we can live forever. And it's in Jesus' name I pray.